What up, what up, what up, though? What's good? How you feeling? We appreciate you checking in to the very first and rebranded episode of the Taper Talk Podcast. I'm Sir Nonson. It's a pleasure to have my guys of 10 years plus who also work with me in tech, KO Boom and No IG Cardi as my co-hosts. And we bring you these black barbershop conversations to the podcast platform. In this first episode, we're kicking it off talking Kevin Samuels, DMX and addiction, and what it's like being one of the only minorities in the workplace. This is Taper Talk episode one, the show. Listen, stop right there a minute. Man goes into a restaurant. You listening? A man goes into a restaurant. He sits down, he's having a bowl of soup. He says to the waiter, waiter, come taste the soup. Waiter says, is there something wrong with the soup? He says, taste the soup. He says, is there something wrong with the soup? Is the soup too hot? He says, will you taste the soup? What's wrong? Is the soup too cold? Will you just taste the soup? All right, I'll taste the soup. Where's the spoon? Aha! Aha! What do you know from funny, you bastard? The young Metro don't trust you. I'm gonna shoot. He was bad in Chester Clay. He bad in Sugar Ray. He bad in that. Who that? You, the new boy. I got Mike. Mike Tyson look like a bulldog. He bad in him too. He's a whip, Mike Tyson. He whip all that. God damn, boy, what's that? Some kind of weed or something? This is my natural hair. I have been growing it since birth. Well, shit, what kind of chemical you got in there? They put no chemicals. Only juices and berries. <laughs> shit, that ain't nothing but a Tell me how you want me to cut this. Sir, we can't one go to find nice women. Oh, you got to get out and look. They ain't gonna just fall in your lap. We have been to every bar in Queens. Well, that's where you messed up, son. You can't go to no bar to find a nice woman. You got to go to a nice place. A quiet place like a library. There's good women in there. And, um, and church is good, girl. When I used to have my MIT, my men in training seminars, I would say, guys, the first thing I would do is take them to a city overlooking downtown. I'd say, gentlemen, life happens out there. Number two word, life is about people. Life is about relationships. And one thing this coronavirus pandemic showed to women in general, unfortunately black women in particular, is when you shut the world down, you shut it down, you could not go to work. Many women had to look to the left, to the right, to the front and back, and there was nobody there. No husband, no kids, no family, no network. They're just sitting there. And that gave them a glimpse into into their possible future. All things being equal, if you keep living the way you're living, this is what it's going to end up being. And it panicked people for the first time because it took an act of God to actually start this conversation. That's when my podcast started picking up because for the first time, men and women were at home. Men have always known. Let me ask you, how do y'all feel about Kevin Samuels? Man, I think sometimes he could be a little decorated, um, but I think oftentimes he, he he definitely delivers on on what he's trying to get accomplished or conveyed. So, so yes, I think his his tactics sometimes are unconventional. He's blunt, um, he's unapologetic, and I think to that point, you know, it, it sometimes rubs a few sisters the wrong way, um, which it should. But I mean, there's a lot of things that he's saying that I think can be applied, and and I think that I it. At the very minimum, we're having conversations about the things that he's talking about. So I think it's meaningful in, in that regard. Um, yeah, I, I don't listen to him consistently. Like most of the time, it's just sound bites and clickbait that I, I get to catch. And then, you know, if I get some free time, I'll, I'll check out a whole episode or two. And, and I can tell he's very smart. He knows what he's talking about, has a lot of experience, has a lot of different, you know, things that he's he, he's accomplished in his life. But um yeah, I mean the Joe Budden clash that 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 was a pretty good episode to to have somebody like Joe Budden who has a more alpha alpha male. I would say both of them have alpha male personalities, and, and have them both on the show was pretty dope. What do you think, Cardi? I like I like uh, I think the, the the biggest thing I like about him is the facts and numbers he throws around his points. Ain't no again, I haven't like looked any of them up, you know, and they did say on the next episode, you know, he could just be pulling them you know, out of his ass for, for the I most said. part. But, you know, yeah. a, a lot of the statistics he comes with, it do make sense. You know, I, I would have to take the time to verify it on my own, but um, 
Yeah, I, I, I rock with him. I rock with his approach. Uh, one of the things he touched on was, you know, a lot of, you know, I'm not doing anything different than in the same lane or vein as Steve Harvey. You know, they don't bring up his divorces or, you know, his failed marriages. And, you know, he kind of played case, if that's the correct term, towards women. Uh, him and, uh, what's the dude that got popped? Cheating uh, on his wife? Who? Um, the same dude. He got popped for cheating. Oh, uh, Derek. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Derek yeah. Jackson. Derek Jackson. Yeah, Derek Jackson. Derek Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. He's not no Derek Jackson or Steve Harvey uh, type of dude. He's speaking to us, and I don't think we get enough of someone that can just bluntly address just males or men in general without uh, cancel culture coming after him. So yeah. I, I really rock with him. I- I feel like it's interesting that um, that this is like the first time that we're we're hearing something like this. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody so blunt and just on television with it. Cause like even in the episode, Joe Budden's like, yo, you can't say these things. But he was right. Like, yeah, yeah you can. Like what? Like when you drop the no scrubs, you remember that part? Yeah, I remember, yeah. <laughs> and it's like women have literally been saying these things for years and profiting off it. But now it's finally a guy who's just really being blunt and speaking for the masses. I feel like for a lot of us guys, I'm not going to say a lot of us, but there there are guys out there who don't really communicate that well with their lady. And I don't know why that is, why we do that. I'm a victim to that sometimes. But I think for him to just be really honest about that and just kind of talk about, like, look, that's what y'all think is out there. But this is how men are really feeling. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think that's just like a... Go and he's got a background in sales and marketing. So, he does. And he talks about that often, about how his corporate backgrounds kind of brought him to this point. So he knows what he's doing. He's feeding the algorithm. He knows what the trigger points are. And he's definitely using that to his advantage. So, um, yeah. I mean, so let me ask y'all. Are y'all Have y'all ever been in a position where you said, mm, I can't see myself having an honest conversation with a woman because you were scared of maybe the repercussions? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. A See, lot. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> hey, and we all been there. I'm guilty of it too. I always had that opportunity. I always went to the honest conversation and, and then it got into a big argument. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually what follows. Yeah. And it's the crazy thing in, in my experience is for me, there have been times where it's not that I didn't want to be honest, but I know the, the outcome of what's about to happen. Either you're not necessarily going to accept what I have to say, or after I say it how I really feel, this is probably going to be over. You so what, what type? Of, what type? Of, what type? Of, what type of messages are you trying to convey? Um, man, now we're getting into specifics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me think of. Uh, you know, it's, it's, so, so I so I, I can go first if you want. I put myself on front street first. Okay. So, 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 so there was a time where I was dating a girl and, you know, she was, she was very religious. She was into church and, and, and I am too, you know, I'm a proud Christian, but I just wasn't as into it as she was. Right. And, um, you know, I wanted to have that conversation with her like, yo, babe, you know, I love God. I love going to church, you know, yada, 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 but I don't need to go to church every day. Right. And I was just so scared to deliver that message because I knew it'd probably be a wrap. Like it'd probably be the beginning of the end. So I just kind of held my tongue and eventually things just end up not working out anyway. So it was like, damn, put myself through all that, hold my tongue. And I was unhappy. I was like, what did I really gain out of that? Mm-hmm. Wait, so, well, so so she was she was like super devout Christian, but I assume you having premarital sex with her. Yeah, yeah, I was. So <laughs> it's, it's definitely a double standard, obviously, but... I mean, there's, you know, and we're guilty of that too, right? We've got some things that we ho- we hold higher than others, but I guess that was one of her her non-negotiables in terms of not being fully committed on her time. So, like, like what, what was her, one of her non-negotiables at like a conflict? Man, I didn't even know at first, to be honest, because everything was gravy. You know, we was doing everything that like usual millennials are doing around the college time. That's 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 when this kicked off. And uh, it wasn't until like actually after college when 
when the conversation started to get a little deeper, right? Because we were a little bit more, I guess, mature at that point. And that's when I was like, mm, yeah, I think we're starting to see things a little differently. So I knew it was probably time to change gears. Thanks and, yeah. and just staying at the bar late. So, so to have to all of a sudden just change gears because you want me on your time, that was that was really hard for me. Wait, time out. So she she grew into it. Like this was just like brand new. I mean, she was always you know a Christian believer, but I think as she continued to go through college, mature, go through life events. I think she got to a point where she really wanted to like really pursue this like full time. So she wanted me to be just as invested. So 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 let me, let me ask y'all something. I think another popular conversation that I have a lot of my female friends is is just the 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 idea of you know why isn't my guy treating me right? And and sometimes when my girls uh, and I say girls loosely, you know, as as like girlfriends, um, you know, when they hit me up and they go, yeah, homegirls, right? Um, you know, they're telling me their situation almost all the time. Let me know if y'all relate to this. Almost nine out, nine times out of ten, I can relate to what the guy's either thinking or what his motive is. But I can't give the game out because it's still the guy code, you know? <laughs> you still got to play by the code. So so how do y'all handle that, like, just kind of tiptoeing around the subject, but also having your, you know, your girl's best interest at heart? Man... I'm not gonna lie, Some, it depends on who the girl is I'm talking to, right? Like if it's a, a, a friend of mine, like a really close friend, I'm just gonna have to tell him like, he's not really messing with you. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're not getting what you want, he's probably not messing with you. If you ask him for it, like he's probably not really messing with you, right? I'm not really gonna give the game in regards to like, maybe what he's got going on on the side based off the stories that you're telling me. I'm just gonna say like, just stop wasting your time. Like, and, and if you feel like you're wasting your time, right? Because when you keep coming back to you with the stories after a while, it's like, I know where this is headed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 See, I'm not as yeah. delicate with it. Like when they tell me, when I, I'm having a conversation with somebody and tell me a story, like I'll laugh because I've been in some of those situations, you know? Uh, oh, you know, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not saying it supplies to me, but they're like, oh, you know, we're supposed to link. Then, you know, he never hit me back after nine o'clock. And then I finally heard from like five the next day, he yep. said his friend got locked up and they were trying to get him out. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there with a straight face, yeah, like, kind of, oh, okay. Kind of funny, so. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's delicate though. It's delicate. All right, let me ask y'all this on the flip side. So, what about when it's like uh, when a lot of the decisions or how she's thinking is really influenced by a lot of her friends? Wait, what do you mean? Break it down. Break it down. Break it down. So, like, you ever been in an argument with your girl or, or whoever it was uh -huh. that you're dealing with at the time, and then they go reference like? Well, I was talking to my girls about it. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, all yeah. of your girls are single. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Y'all ever dealt with that before? Yeah. All the time. All the time. Yeah, all always. Time. Always. <laughs> always. Every day. Every day. <laughs> I think that, that's how I think when, it, like, when I think about Kevin <laughs> Samuels, I think that's kind of where it ties back to where it's like, y'all getting the advice from the wrong people. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, hear it from a man, but then you get these women that come on here and they're just like not really wanting to listen. And I think that's the part that at least for me that frustrates me. Yeah. 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 And I be trying to get free game out too sometimes. I'll be like, yo, you know, maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try that. Um, but ultimately, you know, obviously a, a woman's girlfriend is going to have that stronger tongue. And, and I think sometimes they decide to, to take that advice. And at that point, it's like, hey, you, you know, know what? Since we're on this topic, I'm gonna tell you something that that, that peeves me. Have you, you ever been in a situation? Again, this, I'm not saying this necessarily applies to me, but have you ever been in a situation where you were dating a girl, you were rocking with a girl? You know, she ain't gotta be your girlfriend, but you were rocking with her, talking to her, or whatever. And you know, y'all went through y'all tribulations, trials, tribulations, or whatever. And she has a best friend or a friend group that was saying, "Nah." Don't, don't, don't fuck Kale. Uh, no, Nino's not treating you right, and woo, 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 and no, you shouldn't mess with Cardi, put your time into him. But then they themselves have 
a male buddy who will do the same thing and act the same way, maybe even worse with the girl, but they just want to steer them towards him because he's more palatable for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Have you had that situation? Yeah. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, Dino, you try try taking this one first. I haven't had the second part where you talking about like they steer the, the girl to another guy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I definitely have had the uh, don't mess with him because he's this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like if I'm showing you what's in front of you, like what, what are they talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm doing everything that like I say I do. Like, you know, I'm not lying to you or anything. And I think a lot of that, like, all right, let's talk about it for real. We're all noobs here, right? Yeah. College, for sure. All the time, right? Where it's like, oh, don't mess with him because he's a capital and stuff. And it's like, why? Like, what? I get it. You know, I, I, get, I understand the, oh, he's probably around a lot of girls. Yeah, it's college. Like, who, you know what I'm saying? Who isn't around a lot of girls, but at the same time, like, I'm showing you what's in front of you and you like that. Why are you listening to your friends? Like Kevin Samuels said, there was not a lot of high value men in the world. Just think about it. There's not a lot of high value men. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I have I just moved to Dallas two years ago and, and I don't I don't run into guys like me very often, so Y'all probably feel the same. How do y'all feel in Atlanta? Do y'all feel like y'all run into oh, people we, like y'all? It's, it's probably a lot of people. <laughs> 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 Everyone's rich in Atlanta. <laughs> Everyone's rich. That's crazy. And so, but it's crazy because I feel like that that changes the dating aspect in Atlanta a little bit because men really have the options to choose. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't want to deal with something, like unfortunately, you just don't have to deal with it. Like yeah. you know, and and I get it that you're this a high valued woman as well too but if there are things that i don't agree with and i don't like and you're not willing to change well i mean i'm, I'm just gonna jump out there not every woman is a high value not at all not at all yeah. but if you ask them though and you ask them to rate themselves what are they gonna rate themselves well, well some, some of them are honest like, like in the video so i'm five <laughs> but i think he broke yeah, i was like dang <laughs> super honest <laughs> <laughs> She's like, without makeup, I'm a four. With makeup, I'm probably a six. I'm like, Darn. you know what's crazy? I find it funny when he's like, he's like, I want you to rate yourself and don't say seven. And it's like, damn, like, you, that's when you start hearing the, well, without the makeup, uh, <laughs> like, you gotta break it down. Yeah, you gotta break that down. You gotta break that. <laughs> I love him, man. He keeps it so real. I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I rock with him. Yeah, I do too. I do too. We need somebody that speaks for us. That, that's why. They are, you know what? When they put those allegations against him, he's, he's gay. Well, there's nothing wrong with, you know, being gay. You know, I'm not saying that. But they put those allegations, oh, he's gay. You know, they try to diminish and scare Oh, you know, he was divorced and, you know, they're they, they always trying to take the joy from us. Like, our one, our one, you know, the person out there on the front lines for us, for all the men, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they want to they take our idols away from us. Like, like, let, let us have Kevin Samuels. Samuels. I don't think he's that. <laughs> and, and if you listen to me, I, I like that he doesn't hide. I like he doesn't hide no. from the smoke, though, because anytime there's allegations or something, he addresses it either on the uh, on the next show or or as soon as he can. So, because um, his fight is not a, a popular fight. I mean, he's taking on a, a huge load every week when he when he runs his shows and and. and I, I don't know if I'd be as 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 ambitious about it. As oh, you yeah, he's fifty though, so yeah. he can he can talk. <laughs> you gotta respect. <laughs> yeah, he he yeah, already yeah, lived yeah. a decent yeah, life. Too. Well, I wanna uh, I wanna kind of switch topics a little bit, kind of go into something. Um, you know, I think over the last two weeks, it's kind of been tough for us, for real, for one of the recent ones uh, with DMX, DMX passing. Yeah, um, and. I want to just kind of bring it up because I feel like, you know, with his situation and addiction was huge. And I, Cardi, you were the one who brought that up to me. And I, I wasn't even really thinking about it at the mm-hmm. time. I was more so just like in the shock factor, like, damn, he just lost another one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, I'm on the island. Oh, no, no, I was gonna say, it just feels like this is different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was, um, uh, it was just crazy because, you know what I'm saying? Every, everybody pretty much that knows about DMX or likely followed them, they knew about, uh, yeah, the struggles with addiction. And I was seeing, uh, a lot of the think pieces on, you know, like different blogs. Uh, I'm not, I'm not on Instagram, so I don't know if, you know, I, I couldn't tell you about that, but, you know, I would see, just different blogs and stuff, you know, uh, kind of reporting on them. And I didn't see anybody really uh, focusing on the, the addiction part of it, you know, and that's crazy, you know what I'm saying? Even from that story he shared with, uh, I don't know what interview, I think it was Tyler Quali. he was on his podcast, he talked about how, you know, his mentor at the time tricked him into uh, basically smoking crack, you know, when I think he was like 13 or 14, and how that kind of like, I'm, I'm not gonna say spiral because, because you know, he did end up becoming like you know successful and everything, but you know he went through some stuff at a young age, um, and you know he was he was in and out of jail, locked up, you know he was on the streets thugging, and um, I don't know, it, it's just even right now, you know what I'm saying, like with the, with with like with the opioid crisis and everything, how addiction is it's kind of um, it's more of an emphasis being put on it now uh, since it's you know it's, it's been more prevalent in a, in a certain demographic when before, you know, during like the crack epidemic, it was kind of like, uh, like brushed off. But it's just, it, it's, it's really sad that, you know, that type of, uh, that type of addiction at an early age, you know, even you get all this money, you get at, at the peak of your, of your, you know, particular field, like in rap, you know what I'm saying? It, I was like nine and ninety nine and ten and two thousand, so I, I I remember DMX, but I couldn't I can't speak to like the impact he had at the time. You know what I'm saying? Because I was so young. But you know when they would say you know he's bigger than he's bigger than Hope, which is crazy because he's like you know the biggest person from uh, rap. But I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't like how nobody really wrote like a think piece article and kind of delved into that. They kind of glossed over it. They'll talk about like you know he you know his addiction, not addiction. They'll talk about oh how he got. They might mention that how he got slipped that when he was fourteen, but they don't really like delve delve into it unless it's like in like a mocking sense. You know he was a drug addict. He was this and that. But you know what I'm saying? Like he was high in trauma. You know, and he was using that to get over those traumas and. Um, I, I don't want to come off as a hypocrite because, you know, um, you know, we've all, you know, dabbled her or something before, but I just thought that that was interesting that no one chose to focus on that one thing. Um, but it, it, it kind of, I'll wrap it up, it kind of, um, it, it kind of makes you think because I had a conversation with uh, a couple of my homies, we had a conversation and, you know, uh, when he was just in the hospital before he even passed away, you know, he was like, damn, prayers to X, you know, woo -woo. and uh, one of the things we was talking about was um, like, damn, like how, how, how much sympathy can you give somebody that repeatedly falls into that? And I'm not gonna lie, I kind of, it, it kind of hit me. Like, I wasn't like, you know, what do you mean? I was kind of like, damn, you know, you're right. Because on one, you know, this before he passed away, of course, on one hand, it was like, Damn, you know, he slipped again, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, you don't keep, you know, doing this to yourself. You know what I'm saying? But on the other hand, it's, 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 it's still, you know, you want to have that sympathy to somebody because we all deal with, you know, our traumas and, and our adversities. Some people could just go to the gym. Some people go for a run. Some people just, you know, they been His advice was crazy. Yeah, so. His advice was crazy. Yeah, that's just crazy. I, so I want, you know, I mean, what I wanted to get, what what, what are y'all thoughts on? Like, Dino, what do you, how do you say about, feel about his death? Yeah, it, bro, honestly, that story that you just told, somebody said the same thing to me, because I was like, damn, like, you know, he was still in the hospital. I was like, wow, man, like, prayers to him and stuff. And he was like, yo, my homie was like, yo, check this out, man. Hey, bro, you get up every day to go run. You just told me yesterday you're not about to eat this fried chicken because you're about to have a salad. And he's been doing this for years. Like, what do you expect? You know what I'm saying? And that just kind of clicked to me where it's like, man, you talking about taking care of your body. But for him, his advice was just, to me, just on a whole nother level of like, that was what he went to to, 
to help his pain. And you talk about his pain from an early age from when his mom left him. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't even know what that could even feel like mm -hmm. with you. With, and it's not like a parent passing, right? Like I, I've dealt with that, but when you're talking about your parent leaving you, like, you know what I'm saying? At that early age, and he's like witnessing it. Like it mm -hmm. was in front of him, right? Like it wasn't a, hidden from him or anything, right? So to me that, that it's it's sad, but the, the addiction portion too, I, I was also thinking just like, if, if I had a friend who was addicted to something, like what, how would I feel? Like, when do I know my effort is enough? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, yo, I've really tried. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really did try. And that was the part to me where I was like, yep. I, I'm pretty sure people try. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and that was something that I was like, I, I'm pretty sure people try, you know? Yeah. What about you, Kelly? You think his family and friends tried all they could? So. Yeah, I think so. Even from a cynical view, um, I think they did because you wouldn't want, you know, to fuck up the bag. You know, you would want your cash cow to overdose. You know what I'm saying? So from a cynical, I think I definitely think that at the very least wanted to keep him alive while he was producing for them, producing revenue. So. I agree. I agree. And I didn't follow DMX on the like you know recently or anything, but you know I would definitely see you know the the noise that he was making, especially like the verses that he did, and, and I think I saw him on a Drink Champs um, episode, and and just hearing him and talk and just you know some of the, the the spiritual elements that come with DMX, I'm just like man, what a dope dude, you know? But um, man, my heart was broken when I heard that he I think they they called it a heart attack, and and it was linked to a, a drug overdose. So oh, that was confirmed. I mean, I. Man, my heart was. Um, from the from the reports I'm seeing, I'm looking at a CNN mm -hmm. report, and they're saying it was it's labeled a heart attack. So real time. But I'm a real journalist. <laughs> I got Google. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, it's it, it's definitely worth a bigger conversation, especially in our community, because now this is this is, I mean, most you know before DMX, that I I think the most notable one before yeah, that was, yeah. was juice world right you know he he also died of an apparent overdose and and and, and i might be wrong but i think juice world was like what yeah, 21 yeah. 22 yeah, was he went, man he just i mean that's and, and he was at the peak of his career and and it's crazy because i i asked you guys like you know do you think you know the family and friends close to x did all they could and, and I, I tend to agree with you guys i think they probably did do all they could but at that point when you have you know, essentially a, a former superstar, a former celebrity. You know, they're they're they're, they're unfortunately sometimes stuck in their ways. You, you can't tell them much. But, but in the case of Juice World, you know, I don't I don't I don't know the answer. But I'm wondering if if the guys around him can now look back and say, hmm, did yeah. we try all we could to make sure that our cash cow doesn't go down? I heard, you know? I heard. So because oftentimes, because oftentimes, I mean, you know especially us guys, we don't have that conversation with each other that, you know, something's wrong, we're not feeling good, or, or something's really bothering us. We always resort to, to to sometimes doing medication, or in this case, drugs, you know? And and I, and I just wonder sometimes if, if we just had the conversation or if we had the opportunity to talk to somebody about our problems instead yeah. of relying on drugs, you know, how much of a difference that could yeah, make. Yeah, I agree, I agree. I was thinking about, because with the, the Juice World situation and Please correct me if I'm wrong. He also too, like, they got like pulled over coming off a plane and he had to, was that correct? Yeah, um, I don't know though, cause I seen, uh, yeah, yeah but I seen Dibby do a Vlad interview and he kind of said that it was more to it. Like he didn't really uh, take all those at once and overdose it like in that manner. Yeah, I don't know what really, really happened, of course, but he, he kind of said that those reports that came out, it, it was it was a little bit more to that. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I think, and that to me, it when I heard that story though, I was just thinking about when you when you compare that to the DMX situation, DMX being much older, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and he was just so young and the people around him, it's like, man, it's like those drugs got to him really quick. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like really quickly like thinking about dmx he was like 50 so that's, all. Yeah. that's more than twice this man's life you know what i'm saying that's just like 
man, these days, kids, it seems like kids are just getting to them also. I can't even say maybe faster, but I just wonder what the difference is. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it makes me think too, where it's like, wow, if these kids are really doing that right now. Like to your point, Carol, like, why are we not having these conversations? Like, yo, what's going on? How you feeling? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's what's really, how you really feeling today? You know what I'm saying? Instead of having to rely to the drugs and, and stuff like that. Cause it's like, could that have been prevented? Yeah, yeah hopefully, hopefully, uh, I'm gonna make you about to go. No, no, I, I was just saying I agree. I mean, I think sometimes, like, I, I think we all know people around us or close to us that we suspect might be, you know, using drugs, but it, it's not, it's not, a, I acknowledge it's not an easy conversation that you can just approach somebody like, hey, are you on drugs? Are you high? You know, but I think at some point, especially the trajectory of, you know, where we're going as a culture, I think, you know, at, at this point, you know, pulling your homeboy, your homegirl to the side and just be like, yo, are you okay? I think that could possibly be the, the difference between, you know, saving somebody's life in, in some of these fatal cases that we're hearing about. So, so yeah, I agree with you, Dino. I, th I think just worth the conversation. We need to stop being so prideful, you know what I'm saying? And stop acting like everything's okay. And like, we, we don't go through real shit every day because we do, man, it's crazy shit out here. So so to have somebody, a brother, a sister, somebody, a, a professional therapist, talk to somebody, you know, and 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 I guess that's all I can say. You know, about I, it, I'll, I'll play them with that kid to kind of further this conversation. Um, I'll, I'll share with you, you about, about I'd say about like five, 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 six years ago. I used to mess with with. Can we have these? We kind of talk some mistake for talking. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. okay. I used to mess with. You know, when I was around, you know, 20 to 23, 24 range, you know, and I had met somebody I'll never forget. I met fool. It was just this dude, real cool dude. He was cool, one of my cousins. Um, I had met him probably for the first time in May. I think Father's Day is like mid-June, right? Something like that. Okay, so I met him in May. And... You know, he was real cool, he took care of me, you know what I'm saying? When I, I went out there, boom, I flew back to Atlanta. A couple weeks later, like literally two or three weeks later, you know, I went out there again within like probably three or four days later, I had got the news that he got killed in the shootout. And it was crazy to me and he hit me hard because, you know, I didn't know him like extremely well, have, a crazy bunch of interactions with them. But that was like the first time in my life where it was like, yo, I was just with somebody, literally, I was just with somebody and you know, a couple of days later, you know, they not here. And yeah, you know, especially on some street shit, that was crazy to me. And it just, it just, it just. Why especially? Huh? Why especially? Why was it crazy? Not yeah, why especially if you think about some street shit, why would it be especially crazy to you? Well, well that, that was, was the first time that, that I encountered something like that. That was the first time I encountered something like that, you know, where it just hit me personally, where you're, you're with somebody. And on top of that, usually I would stay out there for a couple of days, but it was just these last couple of times, I'm, damn, damn, I'm in and out, I'm in and out. So it was like, damn, I only passed away like this. You know, if it was like a, a, a time, like previously, I probably would have been in the same, uh, we would have been kicking out, I would have been with them pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Cause I would usually stay like a week out there, you know, several days, but this, these few times I was just, you know, in and out, in and out. So that just impacted me. So when that, back, went back to Atlanta around time, a lot of stuff was going on that summer. So I was kind of um, medicating myself, you know what I'm saying? I'm not getting what I was doing, it wasn't crazy, but you know, yeah, I was, I was like messing with and so, so I, 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 can, I can see, you know, you going through something, but people with you, uh, your everyday people with you, your homies, they, you know what I'm saying? They not knowing, you know what I'm saying, to the extent that all this is going on, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I was still functional, you know, I get up, go to work, you know, I do my thing, you know, but I, I was sneaking and geeking on the side, you know what I'm saying? And. It, it was getting to a point where I was like, yo, I gotta, I gotta kind of slow down, I gotta chill because I just saw certain things being affected. What'd you see? Like, what'd you notice? Um, what was the first time you was like, you know what, this is, uh, this might be too much. You know, what was the first time? Yeah, it was a couple times. Um, I, well, actually, the, 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 
like, like previously, previous years, years previously before that, I was I was supposed to pick my cousin from the he took the mega bus. I had bought him a mega bus ticket to come out here. He's gonna just come chill with me for a little bit, clear his head. He ended up moving, but I was supposed to pick him up that night. I had ended up getting like it in there, you know, threw it in there, and you know, he was just you know hitting the cups and. I still had to pick him up from the mega bus. So I got behind my car, like bugs out, I am over with. And I had smacked the back of a, a Mercedes Benz, a white couple. And they hopped in the car and I just hopped out. I'm like, oh my God, you know, my bad, you know, I got a warrant right now. And I gave my information, you know, da 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 da. They was like, all right, fuck it, whatever. And they let me go. So I guess I ended up driving back to the crib because I was literally like right outside my apartment complex. And I woke up in the morning. I just thought it was a dream until I went outside and I seen the 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 mark on my truck from the accident and I seen like a business card the man had gave me. So I'm like, damn, like it, you know, that could have been fatal. And I was just previously, but when I really noticed like years later, um, like my sleep, like my sleep habits was messed up. Like if I didn't, if I didn't uh, indulge, like I was kind of like, it, it just threw my body. I had like uh, like little twitches. You ever get like a Charlie horse? It kind of felt like a Charlie horse, you know? I couldn't really sleep and it would keep me up for hours. And I just, I just looked like, yeah, spasms, you know? And I was like looking like, man, this is, you know, this is, a, this is, a, this is a, so I had to chill. Um, so I just. So bro, so, so if I could ask you, would you say for you, was just like a social thing or you, were you saying you were masking something underneath well it was a social thing at first but as far as with the um with the i think i, 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 I was masking stuff as i had a lot of stuff going on uh that kind of after that situation after food had passed away uh in that that manner it kind of was like damn you know what i'm saying well, I even want to go back out there because it was profitable for you to go, you know, out there, come back. I'm like, damn, do I even feel comfortable doing that? You know what I'm saying? I can't believe this happened to him. Uh, and, you know, I, I might have been thinking deeper into it than the uh, the actual uh, severity of situation called for. Like, it, it might not have been as dangerous as I thought it was, you know. But at the time, you know what I'm saying? You kind of are, are shell shot. It's kind of like a shell shock thing. Like, damn, I could have been me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm, and I'm sure that's that's what I'm saying. And I'm not, I'm not trying to. Um, I'm not trying to to put that and compare that to what goes on with some of the kids in Houston, Chicago that be off the fields. You know what I'm saying? But they go through, you know, certain. They they get shell shocked by certain events. You know what I'm saying? Like you might be with your best friend, and then boom, he's dead like a week later. You know what I'm saying? How do you get over it? How do you cope with that? You know, shell shock can be shell shock, no matter the severity it is to somebody, you know what I'm saying? So, let me ask y'all this. Any y'all go to therapy? Yeah, I go to therapy. You know? I go to therapy. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's something that we don't talk about enough in our community, for real, for real. I, and, uh, I made sure I had to get my mind right too, because everybody ain't perfect. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I never wanted to be somebody that had to go to a vice that was gonna solve my problems. Like, mm. not that I couldn't relate, but I have a very addictive personality. Right. So I know that there are certain things where it's like, there are certain times where it's like, even just, just drinking and stuff, right? When you just quit socially, I feel like sometimes I may have to just slow down, whether it's like, man, you've done it a few times, like a few days in a row, like slow down a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But I think one of the things I wish we would talk more about in our community is definitely therapy because it's helpful for sure. And I started seeing that, and I'm not gonna lie, like uh, I was gonna ask you, Kay, when the first time you started going, but uh, for me, I know when I first started going to therapy, it was one when I heard Charlemagne's book, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and he yeah. started talking yeah. about therapy. I'm like, damn, he went through some crazy stuff in his time period. And, and it was kind of a little bit relatable to me where I was like, okay, let, let me give it a shot when I get the opportunity to go to therapy, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then when I, got to, when I got to my first tech job and I saw seeing white people start taking off and like, yeah, I got to go to therapy today. I'm just like, Oh, like y'all really doing this, like for real, for real. Mm -hmm. So then I started asking them, like, how often do you go? Oh, once a week, I can't miss it. It's like once every other week, oh, I have to be there. You know, mm -hmm. and it was like, hmm. Yep. Like like mandatory. Yeah, and they were taking it really serious and it was something that like I know we don't talk enough about in our community. So I was like, I 
let me give it a shot and see. But it definitely helped because you had this person that was impartial to any situation that you have. And you can just kind of freely talk and kind of get those things out there, right? Without being judged. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's why I was going to ask, but Kale, for, for uh, you, so, to, uh, so to be honest, I just started going to therapy probably about a year ago, honestly. Um, you know, I, I'd always heard about the benefits of therapy and, you know, I think out of ignorance, I subscribe to the ignorance of not knowing what I know. So so I also subscribe to the stigmas of going to therapy, that something was wrong with me and that, you know, I, I needed to talk to somebody. I was a crybaby, if you will. And, 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 and I thought that's just how it was when you when you're supposed to go to therapy. But, you know, just talking to a lot of my friends, they were just telling me about all the benefits. And, and, and like you said, it got to the point where they were like, yo, this is a mandatory appointment I have with my therapist every week. I, I can't miss this for anything. And, and they were talking about it almost on the same level as, as going to church or, or or doing something that really reinvents you spiritually. So um, so I tapped in. Um, I think my, my job had like an employee assistance program where they allow you to go to like, I think the first three to five visits are free. So last year was a rough year for, for me. I'm sure everybody else has, has, has similar stories. But you know, I was talking to to a therapist and, and she was a woman and, and she was just super kind, super nice. She really just wanted to understand me, you know, just off the bat. You know, I, I don't have a common name. You know, my background's not as similar as, you know, maybe other people. So she, she had many questions off the bat. So it was more or less me telling my story, getting her up to date on who I was. And then once once she understood who I was, where I came from, then we could get into the nitty gritty of things that, you know, maybe I didn't realize about myself and then things that I also maybe do onto others that I don't know that I'm doing. So, so yeah, man, there, there's, there's, there's so many benefits of going to therapy. I mean, I think the, the, the ultimate, the ultimate bottom line is just talk to somebody, right? Even if, even if you don't have, you know, an employee assistance program, even if you don't have insurance, you know, call somebody, call your brother, call your sister, call your friend. I mean, just, we got to get to a point where we normalize talking to each other and not judging each other and also just 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 giving a damn right i feel like we sometimes we just don't give a fuck about each other and and, and that's starting to show itself so i guess i want us to get back to a point where we just really just bond and and we help each other out because you know we're all we've all been there and and sometimes all you need is that helping hand you know so what, what do you guys go to is are you guys going to do like what, what what's the nationality of your therapist. I was going to ask, first, uh, what's yours? You said you got a woman too, right? Yep, yep. Um, I have a woman and she's Caucasian. I had a woman, she's black. So, so what, what's, what's, what's it? it? Do you, <laughs> you feel comfortable talking to a, a, a Caucasian therapist as a, 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 a strong, strong black king? king. <laughs> That's a good question. And, and I have this conversation a lot. Um, so, so, so I answer your question, Cardi, but I'll say this, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you need to go to therapy, you know, if you feel like you're at a point where, you know, you might do something fatal to hurt yourself or others, you need to talk to anybody you can, whether that's dialing, you know, a professional help number or, or seeing somebody that, that, that can help defuse the situation. Okay. So we understand that we're past the race barrier. You know, if you need help, you need to seek that in any form. Now, in my case, um, you know, I was, you know, I was so new to this, and bros, I'm still very new to it. Again, I've only been going to therapy for years, so there's still so much I can learn. That's a year. But at the time, um, a year. That's a good amount of time. But that's, that's not good. a lot compared to it. It is. It is. Yeah. But no, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about this next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot, but you know, I mean, so you know, I'm not as as, as consistent with therapy. Sometimes I, I miss some weeks. Sometimes I have to reschedule. So, so I'm not at the you know, mandatory one week, two week minimum. Yeah. But, but the times where I do go, they're super impactful. I like the fact that she, you know, the, the, the therapist I see, she, she, she doesn't know anything about me or she didn't at the time. So I had to really uncover myself, which really made me open up and be vulnerable, which I learned is something that I, I don't like doing. I don't like being vulnerable. I like being in my comfort zone. So, so she, she's very creative. She's very smart. She has an Ivy league degree. So, I mean, she, she knows what she's doing. Um, she's very tactful and, and she gets me to open up and just talk about different things that I'm going through and experiencing and and really elaborate on why I feel the way I feel. So um, I, I, I've also seen a, a, a black therapist and, and it's been amazing. Um, I, I, you know, 
it, it, it really just at the end of the day, it's who does it for you, right? Who gets you that that closure and peace that you need? And, and right now, I think I have a therapist that's doing that. Same, bro. I've been going for, uh, I started going December 2018. Um, so what, it's a little bit over two years now? Yeah. yeah. Two yeah. years. So my first, actually my first therapist was, uh, she was half white, uh, she was half white and like 25% Pacific Islander, 25% black. And when I started going to initially, I was like, UK where it was like, I felt like I always had to explain where I was coming from for a long time. And it was good to kind of get that stuff off. But then I started to realize it's like, I'm just explaining like where I'm coming from. And it's not necessarily all the way helping me yet to like solve my problems. But then when I went to, when I started going down to the, the black lady who I go to, um, shout Dr. Tori, she's dope. And it's fire because now it's just like, I don't have to explain where I'm coming from. Like she already gets it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like she already just understands like, like when a, when a shooting would, when it would happen, right? You know, when a shooting would happen, I'd have to explain to my therapist, like, yeah. Talking about Dante Wright? Uh, no, because no, this was before. This is before when I had a, before my, Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but it was just like I'd have to explain to them, like, see this all the time, and and I have to explain to my therapist, like, really, it, like, yeah. And sometimes that could be a little bit frustrating for me personally because I was looking for a little bit more. Like, I was actually just looking for answers. You know what I'm saying? And it was like I had to kind of like set the scene up first, and then like by the time we set the scene up, the session was already over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but now, that. yeah, you yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah. But now it's like when I'm talking to her, like. The next time I talk to her, she's probably going straight up ask me like, "What what are your thoughts on the the killing?" You know I want to piggyback off of that, yeah, and I want to ask Ko a question. Go ahead. All right, so, so look, with all these all these, these murders, murders, you know, and all the police brutality and everything, I know you deal with that. that. Like, we, we all deal, deal with it. You know, we all are. You know, we see it on the news, we see it on our phones, um, and you know, you do have a therapist. That's a Caucasian therapist, a white woman. I know it can be sometimes hard, you know, you're intaking all of that information and you still have to go to work, you still have to, you know what I'm saying, do your job. Are you able to fully convey that to her and she's able to internalize and see how difficult that would be for you as a black man, you know, seeing police brutality, seeing all these murders, but still having to put a smile on your face and go to work the next day? Like, can she, you know, sympathize with that truly or do you see like what do you see when yeah. speaking with her yeah yeah and, and and when we do have those those, those conversations I, I think she does sympathize with it I think there's I think there's an opportunity as well sometimes because um, you know I recognize she doesn't fully understand the culture mm. better than I do right so so not only does it put me in a position where I have to um, kind of give her a lay of the land mm. you know let her know how we got to this point um, I also have the opportunity to kind of defend the culture, if you will, right? I get to, you know, I, I get to respond to her questions with rebuttals and educate her on, on where she might think she knows things and vice versa. So if it feels like after every session, um, you know, we, we accomplished something, both sides learned something and, and we moved forward and we saw progress. And I think that's, that's what we all want to see. We want to see progress. I don't think everybody wants to be in this protest state forever where we're always yelling for the same right. thing. Um, so, so for me, um, so for me, again, everybody's objectives for therapy is different. For me, I want to leave my sessions feeling like I progressed and moved forward. And I feel like the conversations that we have during our sessions, it allows not only myself to move okay. forward, but I also get to understand a different point of view and kind of use it and adopt it in my day-to-day -day life. Because I'm sure you guys might relate, you know, I'm one of the few minorities in my position at work, and I'm sure you guys are very similar in your profession. So, so, so it's no different from you know these these tragic events happening and them coming up in the workplace and having to discuss them with your with your with your colleagues or your peers, right? Oftentimes you're the only one, and you have to have that discussion, and and you don't want to be the the sellout, but you also don't want to be the token either. So, it's it's almost like that same type of structure. Um, but, but, you know, I, it's, it's something that I think is just rewarding, right? Because I'm not just anybody, you know, if you, if you're going to talk about the culture, especially me and my upbringing, my background, 
you know, you better come with it and you better know what you're talking about. Otherwise, I'm going to educate you. So, um, again, for me, the objective of being able to move forward every meeting, or every session and saying that I became a better man. Um, I think that's what I need. And that's what I guess. So, man, I want to I want to talk more about that only one conversation. Right. Uh, because obviously we just had a recent killing with Dante. Right. And it's like. How do you continuously go back into work and put that smile on your face, right? Like nothing just happened, right? Yeah, um, I'm gonna say something that I thought about just to today, like, and I noticed this, the pandemic and working remote and working from home has made being the only one so much easier. So much easier. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being in the office yeah. last summer when all that stuff went Man, do you know, uh, tell, tell, tell them the, uh, the next <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah, okay. Story. I, got, I got, man, I got two stories, right? Two uh, learning lessons. So the first one. What you call it? What's the story? Nip, 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 Nipsey Hussle. I'm going to tell you. So, oh, so okay. let's start first, right? So Nipsey Hussle died on a Sunday in 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. It was on a Sunday. I'll never forget. Monday morning, I'm the only one in on my team, right? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I walk into work and I probably felt the same way every single black person felt that day. Like this, it felt like a cloud was over us. No matter where you were, like I was in the Bay, beautiful weather, mm -hmm. but I still had that cloud over me. Cause it was like, damn, Nipsey Hussle just died. Like really, you know what I'm saying? So it, that feeling, I know all black people know what that feeling was and what it was like to go into work that day. So that very next Monday, I'm sitting with my team and, uh, in our typical, uh, you know, 10 a.m. meeting, right? When you have your whole team. And that day specifically, I was uh, not as, let's say, chipper, right? <laughs> like I wasn't my normal self. I wasn't as talkative or smiling like I usually am in the office, right? Mm -hmm. And somebody called it out during the meeting. Like, you know, we were kicking the meeting off and, you know, that's when everyone's, oh, how was your weekend? You know, things of that nature, right? And someone was like, do you know what's going on? You're not, you don't look too good today or you, you don't, it seems like something's wrong. I was like, yeah, man, I just had a rough weekend. You know, Nipsey Hussle just died. And the girl was like, isn't that a gangster rapper? And the first thing I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, he created a STEM program for black kids in Compton, California, and really provides back to his community and also as a, a businessman as well, too, and teaching people how to own their own business. But yeah, that's the person who just died yesterday, right? So when that happened, it really made me start thinking about like Black Lives Matter. Did his life matter? Because he was quote unquote a gangster rapper when I heard that, right? And it's like, damn, like if I was working from home, I probably wouldn't have had to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> camera would have been off, but it was just like such a surreal moment where it's just like, damn, this is what it feels like to be the only one and have to be the only one to have to feel this sort of pain today on a Monday and everybody's coming into work excited. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't excited. Like I was not excited to be there that day. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like for her to say something like that was just like I had to think to myself, like, do you? So some people really don't think all lives really matter, especially black lives. You know what I'm saying? And that, that to me was just like a really surreal, surreal moment, right? Um, but then the second, the second thing that I wanted to touch on too is just like, you know, how many more of these do we have to keep going through? You know? And being like being the only one, like how, let me ask y'all this. How do y'all how do y'all deal with this? You know what I'm saying? Like so so with the you talking about the Dante Wright situation specifically? Nah, let's go back to only one. Just being the only one. And the only one. Okay. Um, man, like I said, so so Dina, let me let me let me let me let me say this. I, I totally agree with what you're saying, but don't you sometimes feel like you're in a position though to be able to at least respond on behalf of the culture, right? I know you're the only one. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's not. Well, isn't it? Uh, it uh, I don't know. What, or you mean like respond? Cause I thought that was response. Do you mean like respond as in like educate them? No, yeah, 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 absolutely. But you have an obligation because if you don't speak up, you know nobody else in the room is going to speak nobody up. Else. So don't you I feel like educating them? Exactly. And that's what I was. To that's a that's a part two where it's like 
that, that's why it's so frustrating being the only one because mm-hmm. I feel like that is always my job. Like it was so draining being the only one for like probably maybe a year or so where it was like every single black thing that happened, I had to be the one to to respond. Mm-hmm. To respond. And it's like, you know, I also just want to live my life and I don't know about all the events that are happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, and y'all want my opinion every single time. Like, we just need more of us in the room. You know what I'm saying? And that to me is very, yeah. very tiring after mm-hmm. a while. Like, and it's like, why do I have to keep explaining to y'all the same things? You know? So that part is just like, I don't know. Like, and, and there is that pressure too, right? There, there's that pressure of like, you have to speak up for your community that's not there. But it's also like, do I? Like, like do I? Yeah. And I try to do it the best I can, but there's still, to me, sometimes where I'm like, I don't know if I'm even doing enough. Like, am I doing it? I think it just comes down to, are you, the not you, but the individual, are you willing to seek out the knowledge outside of your comfortability? Um, so that's really on you, that, that the individual. It shouldn't be you or me or KL's job to to educate somebody, to talk. The perfect example I saw um, related to this recently was, um, uh, what's her name? Sharon, Sharon Stone. Have y'all, did y'all see it? Or Sharon Osbourne. Osbourne? You guys saw that? Yeah, yeah, with, with the, with, I don't know what's the name of the show, but uh, she was going. What happened? What's the background? She, she was basically going to bat for, um, what's, is, it, is it Piers Morgan or something? It, it, it was a dude. It was a dude um, when Meghan Markle did that interview. Uh, talk about some of like the the racial disparities and, and racism. She kind of subtle racism. She she uh, you know went against when her and Prince. Oh and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So to do the royal family. So I guess the British reporter, I think it was Pierce Morgan. I, I could be wrong. I, I, I'm not super hip on it, but. He, he was, was kind of, he's, he's tied in with the royal family, so he was kind of going to bat for him, and they're basically, you know, dismissing her claims. And they were kind of talking about it on, I don't know if it's The View, but it's like a, The View type of show. And Sharon Osbourne happens to be real fly with the peers dude, and he got a lot of flack, got a lot of heat uh, for kind of, Dismissing Meghan Markle's, you know, racism claims. You know what I'm saying? Because he's going to back for the royal family, and Sharon Osbourne is real cool with him. So Sherry Shepard, I think that's her name. She was like one of the black co-hosts on there. The View, I think. Yeah, yeah, it might be The View. She was um, basically trying to articulate, you know, uh, why it was so important and why, you know, it could be perceived, you know races him dismissing these claims and the royal family how they treated her and she you know she was kind of not trying to hear it she was like oh well how is it racist what did he do that was specifically racist and she was trying to you know articulate herself you know trying to calm her emotions down i'm sure she was very emotional in the conversation but it's just like it's not always our place to educate you if you didn't know those answers and you and she didn't feel comfortable giving you those answers in that exact moment, you just shut up. And at the end of the show, you do your own Googling, you do your own research, you pull it aside. But I just think it just comes down to if you want to know, do you really want to know or do you want me to just give you a, a, a blanketed answer and then you go pour your cup of coffee and go about your day. Because Dino could have educated her from that, that particular co-worker he worked with. He could have really broke down everything. I thought he did a great job with it. You know what I'm saying? Especially how you were feeling. But he really could have walked her through everything and why it was such a big deal and why it's ignorant for the first thing for you to say, isn't he a gangbanger rapper? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all the fuck he was. I don't, I honestly, to answer to I don't think people care until it actually affects them. Bingo. Like, like I'm going to say this too, right? If I think about the last company I was with, right? Mm-hmm. I was going through problems there, right? That were like real problems. Like, yo, you're being treated really unfair. And all people could say was, ah, that's so unfortunate. I'm so sorry. But then when I leave, that's when it felt like 
people were trying to like really stand up for me right mm. and it, it almost felt like it's like when somebody dies after George Floyd died, that's when people were like, oh, wow, we're actually really seeing this now. You know what I'm saying? Now it's really real. You know, that pissed me off. They, they were seeing, seeing it. They, they were seeing it before. And they weren't. Yeah. But it was just, just oh, well, that's just egregious. Yeah. But, and, and the same thing for me, though, it's the same when I was working, where it's like, y'all are seeing this happen to me. Y'all are seeing this happen to me. But y'all don't want to fight for me until like, after I'm gone. And it's like, it's, it's not the same in regards to death or anything, but it's like sometimes I feel like people don't really want to think that it's true until someone near and dear it's close to them. Yeah, nobody, nobody want to jump in front of the bullet until the gun pointed at them. Yeah. Oh, all right, Dino, we treat him bad. We don't give a fuck. Oh, Dino's gone. That's more workloads for us. Like, well, Dino, don't go. You know what I'm saying? No. Right, right. And, and, and that situation sounds very similar to the, even the Colin Kaepernick situation where, you know, he essentially, in my opinion, you know, he, he took one for the team, for all of us, and, and, and he got sacrificed in order to move an agenda forward that, you know, the NFL at the time didn't want to have to address. Um, you know, years years later, now we're looking back like, wow, all Kaepernick did was take That's a knee, knee for, for, for justice. You know, it wasn't about the flag. It wasn't about the troops. And, and I think most recently we saw a video of a troop being harassed by police officers with, with the lack of respect and and this this double-edged sword that exists sometimes in the workplace it's so frustrating because it, it really does prevent you from being the best you yeah, at work absolutely. you know what one of my old companies had a mantra you know bring yourself to work bring your true self to work and I'm like that's, cap. that's impossible oh, that's impossible can't, they won't nah man we can't we can't unfortunately we can't it, yeah. it's very it's we can't very, we can't bring the culture nah, to work uh-uh. only to a certain extent like you only to a certain you can extent. only bring it to what's allowed you know what i'm saying like we want we don't yeah. want too much of your culture we just want enough that's like okay for people to yeah. see but it don't go too far, checks don't that go too far with it like we you can't really talk about what you're really doing on the weekends all the time right like like it's not not Go stream, you know the vibes by Ace, Jay, Shippy, my dog, my brother, my homie, shameless plug. Hey, I'm the lightweight manager. <laughs> Shout out to Jay, man. Ace for hood for sure. Shout out Jay. Shout out Jay. I will say this thought, you know, you know, I'm, I've had coworkers in the past when, and, and current, you know, when, when these tragic situations are happening, I think now we're seeing a lot more um, of, of a diverse demographic speaking out against it. Cause I think before it was just our fight. Right. And then most recently we see the stop hate Asian hate movement. So now you got the Asian people's talking about it. And, and then, um, uh, the the Dante Wright situation, I believe he's of a Hispanic descent, right? Oh, so now you have. Uh, it, it, I, I, wrong on this? I know his mom is white. Mixed. Okay. Okay. But I've been seeing a lot of just a lot of support from the Hispanic community, and, and I think now we're seeing a lot of people just having different conversations in the workplace through different. You know, we we have employee resource groups at my job. I'm sure you guys have something mm. similar. So, so there's always a forum there to talk about it and, and just educate other peers. So, so I'm at least 
glad that the conversations are being had and, and more often and by different demographics, particularly ones that don't look like us, um, because that's where we see the change. I agree, bro. I definitely agree. But nah, man, I think, uh, yeah, I think this is a fire conversation. Uh, we'll call this like the first episode for real, for real. Um, yeah, I think this was a dope conversation. Definitely touched on a lot. Uh, but I'm excited to keep doing this with y'all. Um, I appreciate y'all for coming through. Appreciate everybody for listening to the first episode of Taper Talk. Uh, we're rebranding things. We're going to give y'all some, our opinions, our views on the culture, uh, but with just more sort of that like barbershop feel to it, right? Um, so I appreciate y'all listening and we're going to kind of wrap things up. Wait, before, before you cut, cut it off, in a true barbershop like manner. All right, y'all. Appreciate it.